Gotta, gotta love it when the song of the summer drops in January. Well, feels like spring already. Yeah, it really does. I think we hit some sort of record high today, according to Cat Campbell. I'll have to go reread the tree, reread the tweet. But yeah, it's 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 a warm day today in the Triangle. But you know how it is, man. In North Carolina, you got false falls, second winners. You know, the spring of deception. Any number of nicknames you want to come up with. The weird weather patterns that we got going on. Hell's here. front porch. There's that. That's what I like to call late July, early August around here. Uh, I do know this. I, I have entered into, I've, I've entered into the time of the year that my voice is on watch, because the weird weather patterns. Something's gonna bloom when it shouldn't. I've already started taking my Claritin and Flonase. I gotta prepare, man. I gotta prepare. Already, dude. With, with weather like this, you know how it is. Like I wouldn't be shocked if the cherry tree in my backyard pops because of this. That's North Carolina for you. It's confusing. People don't know what's going on. Uh, regardless, you know it's not confusing? NFL playoff drama. Let's go. NFL playoffs resume the divisional round this weekend, and uh, there's you, you spend all week convincing yourself one thing or the other. There's one thing I have convinced myself of when it comes to the, the Buffalo Bills. They ain't winning the Super Bowl. The reason why they're not winning the Super Bowl is because Josh Allen, as much as I love him, he is mistake prone. They're coming off a three turnover game. They fooled around with the Dolphins on their third string quarterback, and they almost won the dang thing. If the Dolphins were completely healthy, I'm talking about Tua Tungavailoa, I actually like the Dolphins' chances to have won that game in the grand scheme of things. Uh, so Josh Allen kind of is who he is. It, it's not. I'm not trying to knock the guy. You take the good with the bad. It's just unfortunate that that bad really keeps t- teams around and I don't really like the idea of giving Joe Burrow opportunities to beat you. That's the thing. As beat up as the Cincinnati Bengals might be, I don't like giving Joe Burrow opportunities to swag flex all over you as he tends to do. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are the best team in the NFL. Okay. I think they have been since October. You know, they started the year. Burrow, remember now, had an appendicitis. It has appendix taken out. I know, I know. And while that is a relatively um, smooth operation these days, shout out to our friend Rebecca, um, you still have to get back on an NFL football field and, <laughs> and be in rhythm. Right. And then you have all the other injuries and all of the other, everything else that goes with the Super Bowl hangover mm-hmm. for the Bengals. They start slow, and you're like, well, also go back and look at their schedule. They started with some really good teams. But they figured it out, and their offensive line was the big question coming into this year. They made a lot of moves up front to, to shore things up. Jamar Chase was hurt. Now he's healthy. Jamar, Jamar Chase, the connection between Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, it, it's like anything I've ever seen in the NFL because they played together in college. Yeah, that's that was that was the investment. You keep doing this. Remember, he did, remember, remember during the pandemic – Chase did not play football. Yeah. Okay. He willingly sat out. He was healthy. And he made a smart move because LSU stunk. <laughs> but people last year were like, well, they really need to help Joe Burrow by getting a left tackle. If they mm-hmm. don't take Penny Sewell, they're the dumbest team. Blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you, Jamar Chase is a difference maker. What, once he understood the difference, difference in, in the footballs. Maker. Remember, there was, a, oh, there, sure. was there was some confusion but there with the kind of football. The way, it, the way that they communicate. And you're, I'm watching the Ravens game last week. Yeah, because their offensive line is so bad that Chase knows I have to run literally two yard routes and be ready for the damn ball to be there on my hands, which it is with Burrow. So 
And Joe, look again. I I I I like to focus on on the vibe sometimes. And with Joe Burrow, nothing phases the guy. The guy is a cool customer, and this includes going on the road. Um, I think earlier in the week he had said something along the lines of like, "I don't believe in being the underdog." That's just how he rolls, and I I respect that about that dude. Here's Joe Burrow on going on the road for yet another big game. I always enjoy going on the road. It's uh, just you and your guys. Feels like it's you against the world, and that's that's where we like to be. Do you feel like an underdog going into this game? I never feel like an underdog. It's the it's the dismissive at the end. <laughs> love that. I love that. To Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills quarterback. Uh, again, the turnovers keep the other teams in it. Same thing happened with the Dolphins. Here he is on overcoming that. Just trying to move on, be the best quarterback that I can be for the Bills. Um, obviously, wanting to make good decisions, and you know there is a, a thin line between being aggressive and, and um, being a little bit reckless. So, again, just you know getting back on the right side of that line and uh, being being smart, but being not being conservative. Over to the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. The way the Cowboys have been talking this week, it's like they feel like they're they're back in the '90s. You know, they're having this resurgency. It, it's I don't know, like Smash Mouth has a song on a commercial, so therefore you're feeling like, yeah, we're back, baby. Smash Mouth, we're an all star. Let's go. Might as well be walking on the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to lose you there. Listen, the Cowboys Woo. poured it out. They beat the Bucks. They did what they needed to do in that game down in Tampa. They mercifully put Tom Brady out of his misery, at least for this season. But it's a whole different beast this week going on the road to San Francisco. 49ers have the best defense in the NFL. That doesn't mean, by the way, and I've seen this on Twitter, uh, this is the defense we're supposed to be scared of. I think it was an Eagles fan. No, it was Joe Giglio, the other Joe Giglio in Philly who was tweeting during the first half of the Philly, uh, excuse me, of the 49ers Seahawks game yeah. and he's tweeting, "Geno Smith is carving up. This is the defense we're supposed to be scared of." And I'm like, "Joe, this it's not the 85 Bears, it's not the 00 Ravens." Yeah. But yes, guess what? They are the top defense in the NFL. The game has changed. You can't just win with your defense, but the pressure that they create the turnovers that they create, and quite frankly, it meshes, to use one of Dave Doran's favorite terms, they play complementary football yeah. with that defense and that offense. Well, I also think, too, with the San Francisco 49ers and why I think they're going to win the Super Bowl, you got the defense fine, got it. Well, you, oh, you buried the lead on me there. What's that? Well, I thought you were with me on the Bengals. No, 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 no. You're a Niners. Oh, I'm, a, I'm on the Niners side. Oh, okay. You know why I'm on the Niners thing? There's a, there's there's a variety me. of reasons. There's I mean, a there, there are a lot of reasons to like the Niners. I, I like the Niners to get there. They got great coaching. No, no doubt. Right off the bat, they have difference. In, they have difference makers uh, with Kittle and obviously Christian McCaffrey, which I'll get to in a second. And Debo, don't forget because that was handles. that was unfair last week. It was, and then you know Brock Purdy is like a great story. Okay, we love we do love a great story. But you know, you know the real reason why I think the 49ers are going to win. No, because the universe hates me. Okay, Christian McCaffrey is going to win a Super Bowl. You know what's going to happen when Christian McCaffrey wins a Super Bowl? Oh, Matt Rule's going to take some sort of backdoor credit. Come on, Dennis, do it. Come on, do it. Do it. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I, you know, the the way I coached over at uh, the Carolina Panthers it really led to the, the the trade of Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers. So at the end of the day, I'm hoping the 49ers ah, win a championship. Ah, so therefore, ah. I also should get a Super Bowl ring. He will absolutely look for a Super Bowl ring. That's what Matt Rule does. He will. This jabroni will go on with Peter Schrager on the NFL Network. His boy. And be like, hey, hey, he will text Peter Schrager the week of the Super Bowl. Go, yo, 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 yo. 
Get I, I me need on. You on. I need to Get be on. Get me on right now, Pete. Bubby, I got to talk about how I knew how good Christian McCaffrey could be. This is what I always do. Imagine. So, <laughs> don't believe me? Here's, here's John Lynch uh, discussing CMC. He's been a, a godsend, you know. I'll, a I'll godsend. tell you everything you see on the field. Um, you know, you, you you think you know a player, um, and then it's always you have a little bit of a different reality when you when you see him up close when they're on your team. And um, you know, he's just as good as we ever thought he was on the field, or better. I think the intelligence that he plays with is really just elite. There you go. He's a godsend. We knew he was a good player, but when we get him, and I can already hear Matt Rule there. Where, where's the Super Bowl this year? Is it in Arizona? Mm-hmm. He's going to be in Arizona on the NFL radio Networks. Row. On the NFL Networks. Oh, he'll be all over Radio Row as the Nebraska coach. Talk, well, I already knew. I can't do the voice. Dennis, you could do it. Yeah, right? you know, I, I knew that he was going to be elite. And, it's, and you know how I feel. I'm already triggered. Already. And we're not even there yet. We're still like three weeks away from this happening. I'm already triggered, and it's gonna it's gonna happen to spite me. So that's why I think the San Francisco 49ers are gonna win the Super Bowl. I always find a dumb reason to uh, to come up with these things. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. I was gonna say, slap that on YouTube, Dennis, and watch all the Horn Cornhuskers fans getting them in the in the comments. These right? guys can't He's get over. Them. They can't get over Matt Rule. I I my hope for all Nebraska fans out there is <laughs> at some point in your life. You will be as right about something as we were about Matt Rule from the very jump. You don't understand in the business. Sometimes you're right about something, but it's a little bit after everybody else. No, sir. From the word go. Yeah, yeah. My my favorite new thing on YouTube is the people who are like, man, that dude loves the Giants. They're referring to you because they always bring up the Giants and Brian Dable. It's like the Panther fans are like, sure. why are they keeping up Brian Dable? I'm like, well, it's to make a point about what the Panthers can be. Anyway, check out the YouTube channel. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button and then get mad because we invoked the name Matt Rule and you're protecting your boy. We'll also spin the wheel to give you our transfer portal grades. Yeah, you get recruiting class grades. We've now entered into the weird world of ranking and grading transfer portal news. Yeah, man. That's just the world we're living in right now. Speaking of which... If you have not been paying attention to the college football offseason because you have shifted off into ACC basketball land or you're focused on the NFL playoffs or the Carolina Hurricanes as the trade deadline approaches and we're seeing where they are uh, in a push for the playoffs, the Stanley Cup, we also have the outdoor game coming up, the stadium series. Did you see the big giant Sebastian Ajo they're putting on the side of a building in North Hills? Uh, I did. You can see it from the belt line. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So all these things are going on. But behind the scenes, or in the college football world, I should say, there's been a lot of drama in the SEC over a quarterback recruit, Jaden Rashada. Essentially, it broke down like this. Rashada is a four-star quarterback recruit, and he entered into a name, image, and likeness agreement with a Florida Gators collective. I believe the, the collective is called, like, the Gator Collective or something like that. They all... They all have some names, whatever. That's neither here nor there. But this collective put together an NIL agreement worth $13 million. But the problem is that the collective can't actually pay the $13 million. <laughs> so with that in mind, 
Jaden Rashada said, yeah, on second thought, I'm not going to commit to the Gators. And this has caused all sorts of drama. And here comes SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey saying, no, see, this is why you need NIL change. It highlights the reality that in 2018-19, as NIL laws were beginning to emerge at the state level, the observation was the wrong way to do this is on a state-by-state basis, with no consistency where young people don't know what are the laws in state A versus state B or what happens in state C where there are no laws. Um, and then where we do have laws, there, there's not a lot of state-level regulation where if a state adopts a speed limit, a state enforces the speed limit, correct? Mm-hmm. So here we, we don't have a lot of that oversight. And I think it highlights uh, the need for change. So that's Greg Sankey, SEC commissioner, uh, talking about Jaden Rashada, who, again, had an NIL deal with the Florida Gators Collective, $13 million. That wasn't the money he was actually going to get, what he agreed to. So he backed out of his uh, his uh, his commitment, and now everybody's losing their minds. Here's where, well, the here's the problem. Okay, so you're allowed to transfer for free, technically. You're allowed to transfer for free once, mm-hmm. okay? Everyone's allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. As a, but he signed an NIL, the, uh, name his uh, NLI, mm-hmm. National, National Letter of Intent. Letter of Intent. So yes. he needs a release yes. from that in order to transfer now without using the one-time transfer that he gets for free. Yeah. So there within lies the issue for, for the player. Well, here's where the real issue is because – you're right in the sense that there's all sorts of in-the-weeds part, parts of this. But this is where I have the biggest problem. The problem with Greg Sankey, the problem with the NCAA in hiring Charlie Baker, the Massachusetts governor, the or, the former Massachusetts governor, whose entire job, the reason why he was hired, is to go to Washington, use his political skill, and to lobby on the behalf of the NCAA to try to regulate the name, image, and likeness marketplace, which... Congress has shown no interest in really doing. And the real reason why is because they actually want to get the antitrust involved with this, essentially preventing the NCAA from getting sued again the way that they were and why the floodgates have opened the way that they have. All right. But here is there's there's two conversations. There's the true meaning of name, image and likeness, what this was all about allowing athletes to go realize their value in the marketplace when it came to advertising deals. This has always benefited, to me, women's sports more than anything else, where you have a lot of athletes with huge followings on social media, and they'd be able to cash in on that. Not saying that the men's side of things doesn't, but when it was always positioned as this is going to be really damaging for women's sports, actually, no, it benefits women's sports in a major way that they were trying to gaslight you or try to make it seem like it was nefarious. No, there's nothing nefarious about that. It's good for women's sports. So that's number one. Number two, that's the pure intent of name, image, and likeness. But what's the one thing that's consistent in all this? The schools themselves are the ones who end up ruining this. It's the fans and the boosters who end up ruining this. So essentially, they took the rules for name, image, and likeness, put these collectives together who are acting on behalf of the universities to pay the athletes to go and play there. That Gator Collective was giving Rashada $13 million to play there, yeah, not for any sort of advertising investment or any of that stuff. Jaden Rashada has 
26,000 Instagram followers. He barely posts on it. He has 14,000 Twitter followers. That's not worth $13 million in collective. If that's what that is, then I need to go to my bosses and say, hey, man, I got more Instagram followers and more Twitter followers than this guy. Where's my $13 million? Where's my realization? That's not why he's getting the $13 million. The reason why they felt he was worth $13 million is because that's the value he has to the school. That's the value he has in winning. So... The real issue here is you got to pay the players. Yet the schools have to share the revenue with the players that they help generate. Yes. If you're upset that a player is going to back out of an arrangement with name, image, and likeness over these collectives, well, the schools have no say. And they've basically given up control. Oh, you're mad that he wants to get out of this deal, this uh, national letter of intent, because the arrangement he had with the collective isn't actually happening? Well, that's when the school needs to come in and actually take control. And the <laughs> only way you can have control is if you pay the damn players. Don't forget he had originally committed to Miami. Yeah. And then Florida swooped in and said, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. We'll offer you this. So, look, this is a classic case of the NCAA. We see this with John, uh, with um, Jim Phillips. With Jim Phillips at the ACC where, y'all, it ain't going back. And this this discussion of, well, this is very nefarious – well, no, it's not nefarious. It actually benefits the athletes to realize their value in the marketplace like other students on campus who might not play sports or, you know, the coaches who also realize their value. So let's just call it what it is. You're very upset that your underpaid workforce or the workforce you didn't pay, period, is now finding its way to get some money. And they're realizing their leverage, and you're mad about that. So you're going to try to go to Congress and be like, hey, cool, guys, can you regulate this for us? But what is the one thing that always happens? You can regulate it all you want. You can come up with arbitrary rules with the NCAA enforcing name, image, and likeness. But who always ruins it? Who always ruins it? The fans. The fans. The boosters. So the schools are left with one choice and one choice only. That's the one thing they refuse to do. You want control. You want true control over who's going to be on your roster? You know what you can do? You can sign them to a contract. Sign them to a contract. You're upset about transfer portals? Oh, this guy, we invested in recruiting this guy. He's here for a year. He doesn't like it. Now he's going somewhere else, and he and this other coach is going to reap the benefits? You know what you could do? Sign him to a contract. Put him on the payroll. And that way you actually have control and access to their rights. And if they want to go somewhere else, you can negotiate that. I don't know. Maybe you can make a trade. Man. It sounds a lot like professional sports. If I sound like I'm being super sarcastic or super over it or super crass, it's because I am sick and tired of those in charge acting like they have no control over this. Acting as though, I don't know what to do. We need Congress to do something. That's the last thing on their minds, man. They got bigger fish to fry. And they've told you time and time again, that's a you problem. And even somebody like Tommy Tuberville, okay, the former football coach who's now in Congress, who has actually brought up, we got to get regulation. You know the one thing Tommy Tuberville won't do and has said as much? I ain't giving you antitrust exemption. That ain't how it's working because we under- he even understands the business. So I'm a little over the adults in the room acting like they're powerless to do something right here because the right thing to do is the thing they refuse to do, and that is to put players on the payroll. Put them on a contract, and that that way you don't have situations like this playing out, and you're going, oh, my goodness, everything is so terrible. College sports is ruined. 
College sports isn't ruined. Look at the ratings. Look at the people showing up. Look at all the money flowing in. College sports is doing just fine. You're just upset that the players are making some money. And you have no control. Get with it, man. It upsets me. It drives me nuts when I hear people who should know better talking up a storm about how everything's so terrible. It's not. And if you have a problem with it, there's ways to change it because it ain't coming back to the way it used to be. You control how things can go going forward. And the doing the right thing is to just put them on the payroll. That being said, we're now in a world of transfer portal. We have recruiting classes, right, Joe? We have transfer classes now, too. I thought it was hilarious that our guy Jeremy, and this is not the only one, but Jeremy was the first one that I saw. Jeremy over at Carolina had sent out an email with their transfer class. That's pretty crazy. Would you like to rank the transfer classes? We can. We'll, we'll, we'll fake a Hey Joe question, and we'll rank them we'll when rank we come right, back. Rank them right now. We spin the wheel, Joe. Come on. Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Ah, you know how I feel about Dave Clawson. Unfortunately, I have to give him an F. An F? An F. <laughs> they added a defensive lineman from Villanova, a linebacker from North Carolina A&T, and a receiver from Tennessee. Uh, probably not Tennessee's number one receiver, by the way, obviously. And then they lost Sam Hartman. And why did they lose Sam Hartman? Well, I, th- I think Wake Forest is basically telling the world they're not interested in playing the name, image, and likeness game. A little Tectotronic, Dennis? Love it. Pump up the jam. Oh, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. NC State. NC there we State. Go. I'm going to give NC State a solid B+. While they lost Devin Leary, they knew they were going to lose Devin Leary. They lost receiver Devin Carter. Okay, cool. He played in basically one game or showed up in one game yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. But they added Brendan Armstrong, who comes in knowing Robert and I's offense. And kicker Brayden Narvison. Don't forget, Joe. Chris Dunn is finally out of eligibility, and NC State needs a kicker. All right, let's get on one that we haven't done yet. All right, come on, wheel. Come on, wheel. Come on, wheel. Give us UNC. Duke. Duke, okay. I'm giving Duke an A-, minus. not only because they got Al Blades from Miami. I know how how you feel very strongly about that. But they also got two starters on the offensive line, and they got two guys who were in their seventh year of eligibility. So they are becoming one of the oldest teams in the ACC, and – they got a Blades from Miami, man. That's a I know, win I know. You, no you matter what. Way. All right, I'm going to spin it very slightly. Oh, look at that. It's on UNC. The Tar Heels are also going to get a B plus. I, I do think a lot of the exits on defense will ultimately help them. I do think safety Amari Gaynor is also someone who's going to help shape up their defensive secondary. But I love the addition at receivers. They have two, two receivers, a slot receiver, Nate McCollum from Georgia Tech, and then a bigger outside receiver in Devontae Walker from Kent State. After watching Drake May play, I transfer to Carolina as a receiver, too. There are your transfer grades. I'm still shocked that you gave Wake an F. I have to. All right, man. I respect it. You know how I feel about them, but in this particular area, they get an F. I respect it.